Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Our Take on General Hospital. My name is Jonathan, and I am joined tonight by two of my favorite people. Hello, Tony Ann and Ryan. What's up? Hey, John. Guys, it's been a while since we got to sit down and talk GH proper, and COVID has happened, and the show's back, and... There's a lot to discuss both that's happened on screen and off screen and the choices that have been made on the show. And I'm really interested in tackling this. Me too. So just real quick, have you guys been enjoying what you've seen so far in the show or just, just an overall brief like interpretation? Like is, is this been what you expect it to be? Is it better? Is it worse? Wait, what's your thoughts? Um, I, I definitely feel like we're moving. I'm not necessarily sure I like the directions we're moving in, but I actually feel like we're moving. Yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying the show. I, I think the break helped. Um, as weird as that sounds, I think we kind of need to probably go to having regular breaks on the show because um, it gives everybody a chance to disconnect and recharge and I feel like the stories are are moving along a lot better now instead of kind of being stagnant like GH tends to do uh, yeah, I've always been a big fan of taking breaks and thinking that you know we should either take the summer off or we should take the winter off or do something just to allow the show to breathe reset do a big splashy season finale and then come back and bigger, better than ever with some shockers, some twists. You know, it, I, I think that it sets things up in a positive manner and can help, you know, maybe help balance the budget a little bit more. You know, having a few less episodes to air and allowing fans to see some of those old favorites for more than a few years back next time and, and just set it up in, in an interesting fashion. Yeah. Overall, yeah, for me, though, I've really been enjoying the show. So, well, I'm not going to say really been enjoying the show. I've been enjoying it more than I think I expected to. But Agreed. It still has it still has things that I'm going to critique and things that, that I'm, I'm not exactly happy with um, on the show. But there's, there's the elements that I am liking, I am liking. And it's just nice to feel like the show is a complete show again. They were trying so hard to stretch their pre-COVID material that they were inserting useless flashbacks. And it was just, it, it kind of messed with our momentum. And now we're just kind of solidly moving and it feels really good. Yeah, it's it's one of the things that I, I feel like has been a, a positive um since since the show has come back so i'm i'm interested in seeing how everything like fully plays out in a way that i haven't been for a very long time well something i'm excited to see is kelly tebode is back as the bridge and this time hopefully for a longer contract and we don't know how long she's going to be around but she did say this one will be for a longer arc that sod got to break uh earlier this week are you guys ready to see the bridge yes very much so i i loved her dalliance with julian the last time she was around um 
And I feel like she's she's a character that you have a reaction to and the other characters have a reaction to. And there's not quite anyone like her on the canvas, which is why she's able to kind of fill the role that she does. I want to see her back at the hospital um, working under um, uh, Cyrus. I would lo- I, I think Ooh. I think that would be an interesting dynamic. Her working could she be working for Cyrus in a weird way? I think he will definitely use. Personally, I can see him bringing her in as the new chief of staff. Ooh, yeah, that definitely could happen. Although with Nell presumed dead at this point, her lawsuit would die with her. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. True. Yeah. But but there's so much stuff like she I believe she knows about the Wiley secret. So Mm -hmm. she knows that Julian had some complicity there. She is positioned to have involvement with the hospital. And it'll be interesting to see how she deals with her mother being away because Obrecht's in jail now. So when she comes back, is she coming back with a purpose? That's what I want to know. What's what's her role going to be? It'll be interesting, definitely. And I just, I hope it sets up for a lot of long-standing storylines. Now, one of the theories going around is that she might be knocked up when she returns. Would you like to see a little oh, Julian Fawn? Julian um, doesn't need any more children. Yeah, no, he really doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> this show in general doesn't even need any more children. Like, I'm babied out on this show. Oh, good lord. Well, I'm just throwing that one out there because it is a and possibility. Look, if she comes back pregnant with Maxie already pregnant, I don't need Bridget and another baby switch. No. Right. What, what if TJ and Molly and Brando have a baby as well? Oh, we no. We no. Three, no. A three baby switch. No. Right after finishing no. a baby. No? No. No feeling that? No. No. Okay. Well, let's talk real quick about SOD's fall preview. Um there's there's some things in it. There's there there was a preview. <laughs> there are words. There's, words there are words and things happening. <laughs> there are words on the screen. Um so I'm just gonna hit some highlights and then we can kinda Discuss or go there. So Jason and Sam, uh, with the threat of Sam's parole officer out of the way, she and Jason are free to reunite and resume a happy family with their kids. However, can it be said that Jason and Sam were ever happy for very long? Do, do, do. (laughs) They were never actually that kind of a couple, but all right. I'm glad the writer said it. I'm glad the writer said it because they're – habitually never happy for long periods of time. Nope. And Ever. I, I want there to be like I want there to be good angst for them and I have an idea of what they could do but I don't think they're going to do it which makes me mad. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, Sunny Carly Jacksonina. Mike's deteriorating condition takes a great emotional toll on Sunny and really demands a lot of his attention which means that people like Carly and Jason will have to step up to deal with other matters that unfold. Meanwhile, circumstances, a.k.a. the death of Nell, lead to Carly sharing a massive secret with Jax, 
which could cause tension between the once married couple as well as his relationship, their relationships with Nina and Sonny. So here's the thing I will say. Every time I get like emotionally involved in a Sonny storyline, some plot driven bullshit comes around <laughs> and mm-hmm. wrecks the whole thing up because I'm actually like, despite the way, and we'll talk about it in a minute that Twitter's been going off on it. Like, I've been involved and caring about the whole Sonny and Mike thing. Me too. Now we're just throwing it away because we have to do some plot-driven mess to have a plot-driven cover-up to do a plot-driven blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm not saying it's bad because I'm here for it. I know how it's going to play out. And then Nell's going to come back from the dead because nobody – like, how does Carly allow somebody to be presumed dead when everybody comes walking back in the show? But How how did Carly not just let her die? But that's neither here nor there. We'll get there in a second. I, I will say about that aspect, I think on paper, it looks really good because you've got Sunny, who's obviously distracted with personal issues, not able to attend to his very needy codependent wife and business matters. So now you've got the setup for Carly and Jack's keeping a secret, which They've Mm -hmm. already kept the secret before when Nicholas was alive and it caused problems with between Sonny and Carly. So now to have this bigger secret and you've already got this little drops that they've been throwing in there about how Nina needs to be worried about Carly and Jax's friendship because they were married for so long. And it's like, if this makes Nina crazy again, I could be here for it. I, I'm I what I don't want is Nina and Sunny to sleep together. No. Oh no. Oh no, but, no, 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 no. But I'm okay with there being major angst and unrest in Sunny and Carly's relationship and the Carly and Jack's connection causing um insecurity in Nina and Jax's relationship because that needs to happen. Like I'm, I'm 100% okay with that. And as long as they keep it in that realm, I'm fine with it because it's like Sonny does have stuff going on. And as long as Nina doesn't turn to Valentine, I'm good. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know. I'm just looking forward to it. So there's a whole lot more sentences in that preview. You can pick up the latest soap opera digest to dissect it. Ryan, was there anything else in there that kind of caught your eye that you wanted to discuss before we move on to the actual show discussion? Um, I feel like most of the, the, the like sentences in there, we tie up when we're doing the discussion. So. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think we'll, we'll kind of touch this through, throughout our regular yeah. discussion. Yeah. But um, the only other thing that might have me interested is the whole, surprisingly, the Molly TJ Brando thing. They put them in the fall preview? Yeah. They did. So let me see here. They said about that lovely triangle, uh, Molly doesn't want her one-night mistake with Brando haunting her future with TJ. However, this becomes incredibly complicated as TJ and Brando start developing a genuine friendship. Brando is also involved in the Cyrus storyline. Oh. God, they're doing a bromance with TJ and and, and Brando, yeah. and I hate that trope. I, I'd when be the, fine if they did a romance, but oh God, I hate that trope. When the guy who cheats becomes with becomes friends, or girl who cheats, whatever, but in this case, guy becomes friends with the person that they cheated on. Just I hate that entire trope so much. 
<laughs> I do too, but if they make it where that bromance becomes a romance, I'm super here See? for it. I would be too, but do we actually think that GH cares enough about Molly and or TJ to give them a story like that? I mean, well, this sounds bad, but Black Lives Matter. I'm just saying, like, it's, it's the time for if they're going to invest in their token characters, now would be the time to do it. And nobody screams bigger token than token TJ. Yeah, yeah. And, so. and really, like, can you imagine the potential thruple on the horizon mm-hmm. if Molly happens to walk in one day? And Brandon and TJ are just going at it. And at she's it. like, <gasps> not without me, you don't. You know? You know like, <laughs> Hold on. I'm here for it. I'll if get you ready. Sexually liberated Molly. I want yeah. it. Yeah. I don't think Molly would be up against it. She'd be like, hmm, I actually read an article about this. Let me go down to the store real quick. I'll be right back. Like, <laughs> wait, let, wait, let me get my camera. <laughs> yeah. This will be fun for all of us. Oh my god. No, see, it's not really involved that way, but I would love it. It would be fun. I would be here for it, but I just don't see it happening. Oh, no, not on General Hospital on ABC. But you know what? In General Hospital in my head, that's where it's going. So. That's the show I want to watch. Yeah, we need some new we need some new LGBTQ plus anyway, now that Brad is in jail and Lucas is off screen and irrelevant once again. And uh, oh god, Felix. Nope. See, Felix is over here breaking HIPAA law, which we'll get to in a minute. And then we've got uh, uh, what's her face? Uh, oh god, Christina. No, Christina ain't been nothing of relevance in since she got beat up. Um, god, Terry. Are you talking about Elizabeth's friend? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, who's never gotten a storyline, but gets a shout out for her birthday, along with Valerie. And every, every, the people every that year I say Valerie. you want to wish them a happy birthday, give them a story. Well, I didn't even realize that that was Valerie, dude. And if it wasn't did. for the characters being like, oh, hi, Valerie. Yeah. <laughs> Who the hell is Valerie? Oh, okay. <laughs> we haven't seen her since, I think, right before um, the Shiloh stuff went crazy. She gets an episode every now and again, and that's about it. I'm like, okay, thanks, Val. <laughs> Cool. Happy birthday. But, you know, the person I want to wish happy birthday to and a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year and Thanksgiving and everything is my girl, Lindsay Hartley. Bay, when they say baby come back, that they I mean it. Please. please. Just, she please. was so she was so good. She was so so good. Lindsay Hartley took over temporarily for the role of Samantha McCall, and it was everything that I needed, even though she just played Teresa Lopez Fitzgerald. <laughs> Ryan, what did you think of this? Because you have a long history with the character of Samantha. And I, I, I feel like your take is going to be one the Internet's interested in. So I loved it. Like, I, I, I mean, Lindsay Hartley can never do any wrong. She's a phenomenal actress. She is always engaged. She, no matter what she does, she gives 150%. And I was nervous because it's not easy to come in as an emergency recast. And 
she managed to hit it out of the park every single day. For and and for the record, just to clear things up for people, these were scripts that were already written. These were scenes that were supposed to have Kelly in them. They were not specifically written for Lindsay. They were not written after the fact. Kelly was unavailable. They called Lindsay up. Oh, yep, I'll be right there. And she did it on the spot. And I'm and so proud of her. I'm so, so proud of the work that she did. It was so, so good. It fits so well. Every scene she had chemistry with all of her partners. She brought people that haven't been alive in scenes as her partners uh, just there. She had amazing chemistry with her mom, Nancy Lee Gron, and her bounced off of each other. Very well. Rapid fire. You could hear. I did not have to turn my television set up to 90. It was fine. (laughs) This closed captioning wasn't on, and I understood what was going on in my scenes. It was literally just just fun to see, and I actually enjoyed the character of Sam for a few days. Yes, and I'll say this. I have not given a good goddamn about anything Jason and Sam related in all of 2020, but that scene that they had when he told her about giving Carly his power of attorney, I cared instantly. Mm-hmm. And then Kelly returned. And I'm back to not caring. Well, and it the, 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 the reason is I do not care about the story. I don't think her performance in these episodes have necessarily been bad. But I think Lindsay brought a, maybe it was that was new. Maybe it was just that there was something alive in the scenes and doing something that I, I hadn't seen in a while here. But as soon as Kelly kind of came back in the scenes, it felt like it was the same old drab that we would had. It also didn't help that they literally like they had the perfect opportunity to give Jason and Sam decent angst in those scenes when he woke up and found out what she did. But he's acting like it doesn't matter. And not even so much because he cares about ELQ because he never really has, but because what, what she did, how it will affect Michael. That should make Jason care. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, it, you can see that they tabled the discussion because he was still in the hospital. Um, and I do think it's going to be something that they that they revisit. But I think, I, I know that I was very, I was like, oh, how's, how's it going to be when Kelly comes back? I think she's been doing a, a really good job. I, I feel like the break helped. Um, the COVID break helped. I feel like she's come back recharged and renewed. And in the scenes that have been airing the last uh, week or so, um, I, I think I, I think it it reminds me of the old Kelly that we used to get. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I think uh, today's episode, if you get a chance to watch it you'll kind of see like it was very lively and animated and um, you know, some people, sometimes people just need a break, man. And these actors work so hard. They're always going, you know, and they don't really get a break, so to speak. And to be able to get months off and recharge your, your, your batteries, I think brought about some uh, differing perspectives. So I'm looking forward to seeing how, the next couple of months play out. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I'm, 
I'm excited for You're... the first time in a while to see like how stuff plays out with with Kelly Monaco on screen. Yeah, and you know what? I'm gonna give it a shot. That's that's what I got for you because we don't have a choice. But I <laughs> I don't know. I, I think my biggest thing is I need I need Sam to have a story. I think outside of Jason's orbit. Yep. And not her sniffing her like pine to be a cock block to her sister. Yeah, like, no. I need I need her to just have her own story, and I don't know what that is. I I just need it to be separate, and I think that can I, then make I me know what care it could be. It. Why don't she oh. and Spinelli team up and help take down Peter? Peter's the one who got her in trouble with the pole parole thing in the first place. Peter's the one who framed her. I've never understood why her focus was not on taking Peter's ass down. You know what? I I would agree, but in this instance, Peter has outsmarted her and Jason every time and Spinelli every time. I would much rather her not get involved in that because like Jason had to walk her back from trying to go after Peter because the last thing that they had worked out remember they worked out the deal with Robert where um the the they were going to do something and right help right and then the attorney right. general squashed it or some right. stupid thing like that yeah so like the more Sam has tried to resist and tried to fight this whole thing the worse she becomes and I think Jason just kind of being like look let it go We'll we'll get we'll deal with Peter when we when we ha- when we can you know right now we can't I would rather her personally what I'd like to see is Sam maybe get involved um, in one of the organizations at the hospital maybe maybe she's approached by Valentine to go and work for ELQ you know and do something there I would like to see her do something that kind of gives her some purpose Does she and... still own Aurora? No, she sold her her um her stock in Aurora. Cause I, I know Jax took over the print side of it, but what about the other side? Um, she no, she wait a minute. No, she hired Jack. I think she hired Jax to run her part or something like that. It was something that she did with her stock, basically, because I know Drew was running part of it. And then I think Sam either gave Jax her shares or or asked her to run Aurora for her because Drew was out or something like that. But now she's never really wanted to do anything like that. I I mean Sam Sam kind of works best as like the 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 PI investigator kind of thing. But I would like to see maybe her get involved with stuff at the hospital because of Danny or Scout. You know, Danny had that um, that he was sick for a while. Like, oh, the I cancer, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't mind them, you know, maybe her getting involved with something like that, or maybe she's helping mm-hmm. a, out a mother who's going through something similar. There, there are things that they could do um, to get her back involved with some things, um, and it just it just takes a little bit of creativity. I've been actually rewatching um, GH from like '06 when she found out that Alexis was her mother. Oh, and... that was so good. I, there's so much untapped material there with the with the Davis girls that I kind of I wish that they would do something um, a little bit more there. Maybe Sam decides to go back to school. Maybe Sam, you know, that there's all there's there's a, there's a lot of different options that don't involve Jason, but we'll it'll never happen. <laughs> That's not the, this is a different type of show, um, but I would love to see it. 
So I said this earlier that my favorite, one of my favorite things right now is Sonny dealing with the loss of his father, like oh, the whole downward so spiral from Mike and the, the beats of the story finally doing what GH can do best, which is relying on its actor's strength and playing to the story. Um, what have you guys really been thinking about Mike's downward spiral? And before that, can I just go back and say, Felix needs to lose his job. He needs to lose his job. He had no business over here telling Sonny that he was the nurse on somebody else's case and then get telling him where she was and let him go like bother this woman in oh, her dying yeah. moment. HIPAA violations like, all over the place. I don't know who's literally worse, him or Sarah on days. I just I don't I don't get it. No, no, Sonny, I'm not your dad's uh nurse today i'm actually you know dealing with this dying patient over here i mean you know oh girl <laughs> she's yeah she's on room 314 why you, you can go go look that's fine not big deal i mean like, i i get why they did that so that he could see what his choice would Sonny ultimately just walked by and noticed her no i know the then windows I, were open that's like, what i was about to say like it make like I get what they were aiming for. There was a different way they could have gone about getting there. The show. So it's tough for me uh, to watch the Sunny and Mike story, um, and I've been very open about the fact that you know my dad was dealing with dementia um, before he passed away, and so that storyline really kind of hit a personal chord with me. Um, And with my dad passing away um, this year, uh, I've been a lot more emotional with the storyline than I probably would have. So like um, there was a scene today where uh, Sonny was sitting at at Mike's bedside and just kind of holding his hand and he's talking to him and he's like, you know, come on, dad, you remember me, right? You, you know who I am and just squeeze my hand. And Maurice Bernard has been doing such great work in these scenes. It's, it reminds me so much of the Sonny that I used to love growing up, that, that Sonny with the heart, with that, that, that compassion for him to talk about how he didn't give Mike a fair shot. Um, you know, Mike tried for years to reach out and, and, and make amends and, and Sonny, you know, he, he, Sonny says something like, I'm glad that my kids don't judge me the way that I judged you. And I, that kind of like 2020 vision, the way that they're kind of pulling it all together is one of the main reasons why I love soaps and, and it's such a rich genre with so much history to pull from. And even though this isn't the original Mike, I still buy the connection between these two. So it's been, it's been very difficult to watch just on a personal level, but from an entertainment standpoint, I think that they've struck the right, the right chords. Um, and I'm really ready for the story to be over. Cause I, I don't know how much more of this I can take. Well, hopefully it, it shouldn't be lasting too, too much longer. So, and and I'm you know I'm with Ryan. This this part of the story has been very difficult to watch, but it's also been very good. And it's it's these kind of moments that make me 
enjoy this story and kind of wish we could forget about the middle part because like the story started out so well and then we had the craziness in the middle and we're finally circling back around and coming in for a decent landing on this story which I am so grateful for because I wanted this story to be told well and to be told right and it's and it feels like they are ending it correctly and I know everybody on Twitter is like isn't he supposed to be dead already shouldn't he just have you know be dead by now and all I keep thinking is this disease is very slow and unfortunately as it's sad and it's real how they're playing the end of this yep and I'm proud of them for it not exactly that's that's kind of my biggest point is this is the most realistic story I think I've ever seen GH tell and I'm proud that they're doing it right now. It wasn't always right the whole time. Oh no! But they're they're they've got some good beats going, and I'm I'm proud of them for for the way it's working out. A year ago, they offended me so badly, I actually had to turn the show off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? Let's talk about something that it's a little bit more positive here. Uh, Dante is back. Yay! That's my little pocket cop. is filming. It got leaked early by the show. Um, we found out, but you know what? It it has not taken away anything from the emotional investment I have in it. And it's nice to see Dante back on screen. Yes. I don't have any idea where the storyline is going. I, I have very high hopes for some things playing out but are you guys really enjoying the return of dom and dante yes and it's giving lisa lo cicero some excellent material like just being able to talk about her you know talk about missing dante and then parlaying that into dante being back like it's all just been some really good stuff yeah, man, Lisa LaCestero is one of those actresses that it's easy to overlook because the way that they don't really emphasize Olivia anymore. But she's always done really good work. And the role that she's in right now as Ned's wife, um, you know, kind of like the becoming the new matriarch of the Quartermain family and missing her son, she has been hitting... And out of the park, man. And I, I'm, I'm so excited that she gets an opportunity to really tap into that, that angst as a mom. The way that Ned has just been so dismissive, dismissive. and disrespectful to Brooklyn, and to have her be like, "Look, your child is here. You can touch her. You can feel her. And it's an opportunity for you to make it right. And you just put her out that way. What's the matter with you?" I love that. I love that. And I'm excited to see, A, their reunion, and I'm excited to see where Dante goes. Now, it's clear he is still programmed to try to kill Lulu, and that's fine for me. I'm 100% okay with that. I can see Dante working for Cyrus. I can see Dante being Cyrus's hitman and having a Jason versus Dante showdown, and I'm here for it. I would be so here for that. That'd be really uh, something that would hype that story up, bringing it to the next level. 
That would be a really good twist. Yeah, like I, I'm I don't I don't care about Dante and Lulu. Like and, no. and, and I not at all to, for, for, for this reason. There are some soap couples that are just not the same after recast. And that's mm-hmm. okay. There's nothing wrong with that. OG Dante and Lulu were my everything. They were everything. And it and it wasn't just because of Julie Berman and Dominic's chemistry. It was because of the way that Lulu was a priority for that writing team. Since they recast the role of Lulu, they gave her she's baby not been a priority. Yeah. And she's not the priority that she wants. So Lulu should be a leading character. Lulu should be treated in the same emphasis that she was before. And they're not. And that's fine. So I don't necessarily think that Dante and Lulu, when when they do kind of get back and start interacting with each other, I don't think that's the way to go. I think you can have them co-parent, you can have them be friends maybe at some point, and yet live separate lives. I don't need I don't need them paired back together. Uh, Dustin and and Lulu are fine; they're cute together. Whatever, whatever it is, what it is. But I don't need Dante and Lulu back together. I would much rather want to see Dante explore other avenues with other other characters on the show and he's been shoehorned into that lulu pairing for way too long it's literally been his only pairing it's destroyed the character's potential yeah so um, let's keep let's keep it fresh i'm I'm ready for a shake up but you're mentioning all the stories and a lot of great potential how do you guys think the taggart is alive reveal and his return could impact into i guess dante's storyline and cyrus's story and how everything's going like are you excited that taggart is back and did anybody actually believe that he was dead i i never believed he was dead but i also wasn't 100 percent sure the show would actually do that in fact when they when they revealed that he was alive i was like oh thank god the show managed to do something right i was so happy that he was alive i was surprised that sunny and jason didn't know because i remember when the scenes of his death played there was a moment where sunny and jason were looking at each other that i was so sure that they were in on faking his death so the fact that it was jordan and epiphany and not sunny and jason that was more shocking to me than Taggart actually being alive. Yeah, I, I agree with Tony Ann. I, you know, usually the show, whenever they feel like the fans have figured out the storylines, they try to subvert your expectations by doing something completely opposite, which usually ends up backfiring in such a just horrible way. So I'm so I'm very happy that they went ahead and were just like, yeah, we have we faked this death. But at mm-hmm. least they gave us the twist of Sonny and Jason not knowing about it. And I love how Epiphany, like, I love how it was all done, right? Like, Epiphany being like, you know, everybody's entitled to their secrets. Mind your business. Yep. You know, Jordan being like, what makes you think I have to answer to you? Like, I'm like, I like that. I like the women standing up to the mob in that aspect and being able to pull this off in a way that nobody else was expecting. Um... And it, it was a, it was a nice it was a nice expected twist. I 100% agree. It was expected, but it worked out nice. I'm glad they didn't delay it longer. You know, 
I'm glad that it's playing out and that we're getting to move forward from here. Cause you know, we're getting to go into the next part of the story arc. And on paper, like the angst, this is going to provide for, for Jordan and Curtis, because Jordan is letting her husband feel guilt for a death that he, that never even happened. And she knows that and isn't saying anything like that could actually be potentially really good story. I hope. Yeah. I, I I just really don't care about this Jordan. I wish I did. I wish I did. I have no I, problems with this Jordan anymore. It, I have I, it, my issues with her, like she's actually getting airtime. I'm getting to connect with it. Like, do I care about her and Curtis? No, I don't care about her and Curtis. But I do not have any problems with the care with the actress. It's just I don't care about the characters. Yeah, like, I, I think she's doing a decent job. And again, it's not easy to come in as a recast. Um, I, she doesn't really have great chemistry with Curtis, but... She does kind of have decent chemistry with Taggart, though. She does have great chemistry, with, and she has chemistry with Jason. Like... <laughs> and okay. Curtis has chemistry with Portia. Yes. Portia. So... Yes, he, he also has chemistry with Jason, just putting that out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, um, but that's never gonna happen no she's doing a solid job would I be opposed to a recast no but if they are gonna keep it the way that it is then that's fine let's just get to the point where we can she can do a little bit more and and I have to give the show credit there's a lot of point of view that's being given to the African American characters that I know a lot of us have been asking for and we're getting it and it's actually being done very well. So I have to give them like props for that. Uh, Curtis is getting good point of view about the guilt that he feels and, and the, the remorse that he feels over, you know, maybe not handling things the right way. Jordan is getting really good points of view about why she's keeping these things from Curtis, about her being under Cyrus's thumb and kind of being a little bit more um, triggered than, than usual and dealing with the stresses of having to publicly co-sign for this man who basically tortured her child. That is great point of view that she's getting right now. Um even Portia's getting good point of view, and and um, uh, what's the what's the daughter's name? Trina. 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 Yeah. So I'm I'm very very pleased for that because we don't always get that um, with our with our black characters, and um, I think that there was a I know that there was like a, a public discussion that was had about it, um, and so to see them kind of addressing that i'm i'm very pleased with so the next two things i kind of want to tackle together um and that's gh's lack of talking about covid and acting like it doesn't exist but also the nurse's ball in which they did a wink wink nudge nudge to all the frontline workers and how that the nurse's ball was handled this year in a very unique um, way as opposed to the way they've done things in the past. What did you guys think of the nurse's ball and what do you guys think of the way that COVID has been handled? Do you like that this is an hour escape or do you think that GH had a duty to at least acknowledge 
and kind of maybe quickly move past. I think I'm going to sort of, uh, I I like that it's an escape right now because we're so COVID heavy in the news that I think coming back and reminding us of COVID would kind of not be a good idea. Plus the fact that I think they're also reworking stuff to try to figure out how to do production and everything. So I think there's a time to mention COVID and there's a time to do it properly. I do not think that time is now. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with Tony Ann. I, I think I think they did the best that they could with the nurses ball and they still yes. managed to get really good drama from it. Um I like the subtle way that they acknowledged COVID without beating us over the head with it. Um I would have preferred if they had linked or referenced a real life organization that people could have donated money right. to or visited a website for. Because uh, I feel like that was a missing, like a major missing component. But they did a good job of something that was so unexpected. Um, and they managed to get good drama from it. As far as them men- not mentioning COVID specifically, I would much rather they them take their time and work it in than try to... Like, nobody realistically expected them to come back and... And address it through storylines. What I would want them to do is at least acknowledge through some of the dialogue or, you know, or, or through characters' actions. You know, Elizabeth's working a lot more than, than she's, you know, than she has been. She hasn't seen the kids as much. You know, I just it I, just bothers me because so for example, also on ABC and often compared to Grey's Anatomy, like their executive producer said that, you know, they believe that they have an opportunity and a responsibility to explore how the coronavirus has affected the medical landscape. And I, I know where you can argue that they're different shows and they are, are focused differently, but like had they just even had the hospital focusing on it, it doesn't have to be crazy where people are wearing masks the entire time, but you can do it in, I think, like you said, like that would have p- propelled the the Liz storyline and the Franco's aspect of it, the whole like tension in their marriage that's causing you know the quadrangle, which we'll talk to you about next. Like they could have done a lot with COVID to really propel the entire direction of GH forward because you have a new boss taking over during a pandemic, and they're losing money left and right. You know, I could see you know him just really cyrus playing this out like i'm sorry why why are we wasting mask on you know letting these sick people just come on in you know why can't we do blah 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 like there's a lot of fun interesting stories they could have played in that base it off that and i think they still can i just but when it's the right time like we're we're gonna say like four months months from now suddenly the pre-covid stories that we were telling because we directly picked up Right where we left off, we did not time jump, even but like a month or two. But but life didn't time jump, like a time or two. But life it, woke up one day and it was night and day different for the world. True, but I I I think 
I saw that Frank got a lot, Frank Valentini got a lot of criticism for the answer that he gave when he was asked about this. And I'm not one to defend him regularly anymore, but I think the answer that he gave was smart, which is, look, we had a lot of scripts in the, in the, in the bank already. So it would be like reckless of us to come in and just try to shoehorn in this real life issue into existing scripts. So for him, for him to say not right now is not, we're never doing it. But right, I think, they could do it in November. They could do it in January. They could do right. it once they start. They could work it into fresh scripts, but that doesn't mean that they still have to work with what they'd already written and just couldn't shoot yet. Right, and and you can balance that escapism while also touching on what I do feel is your responsibility to tackle such a real life issue. And I think that's the the thing that I miss about soaps, understanding the power of storytelling. And we talk about this a lot when we're discussing Hollyoaks, right? Um, One of the things that that we discuss on the TV shows podcast and you guys talk about on the Hollyoaks Arctic Media is the power of storytelling and the responsibility that comes with it. To have a hospital show Uh, to have a show that is called General Hospital, to have characters who work for the hospital in which the hospital is a backdrop and not specifically mention or touch upon the real-life pandemic that is not only affecting the world but should be affecting the characters on your show is, is irresponsible storytelling. But I'm willing to give them time to try to work it in and see where it goes. If by the end of October, Elizabeth and Portia and Monica and Epiphany and others aren't um, dealing with the effects of the ramp up or aren't talking about shortages of PPE or 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 the, the 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 you know trying to deal with protection in a world where cost cuts are affecting every type of, of industry especially um you know uh, public hospitals then i can say you know what now you've you've, you've had enough time you've really dropped the ball but and i'm willing and, to give them some of that time and there's a way that they can actually do it currently kind of in the next few weeks or months and it makes sense like let's say with Nell being presumed dead that the 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 lawsuit um goes away so they don't need to accept Cyrus's money so Cyrus doesn't have to become a board member and and they force Cyrus out of the hospital then the pandemic hits and then they need the money in order to be able to get the supplies they need Right. You could have him use the hospital's need for PPE as a way for him to clean his money. You know, if there's fraudulent invoices that are being done, well, this says that we purchased X amount of, of PPE equipment, but we're still running low. Where Where is it going? Where are these bills going to? That's a way to touch on it. You know, talking about the stress 
of of them working shifts and not being able to see their kids as much. Like John mentioned earlier, talking about Franco having to basically raise the kids because Elizabeth is working all the time. These are subtle ways to acknowledge the crisis without beating people about the head with it. And I think that's the smarter way to go because no one expects GH to be able to tap into the same resources, the medical experts that Grey's Anatomy can. But I do think it's, it's, it's part of their responsibility to acknowledge it. The same show that wrote about breast cancer and HIV and AIDS and drug addiction and things like that, you can't just ignore this simply because it's, you want to provide that escapism. Yep. But right. I, I, I'm okay with them waiting for, the, for a better time to, because sh- I, I don't want them to do it just to do it. I want them to do it and do it with careful meaning and planning. Well, we'll see what they what they do, but I'm not holding out really any hope off of this. I just I just I don't see GH acknowledging it at this point, and I feel like if and when they do, it, it may just be too little too late. But I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But I said I want to talk about it next. So the Franco, Ava, Liz, Nick quadrangle. God, these people are beautiful and ain't nobody doing nothing. Um, I think I I wrote on the outline, I was like, everybody wants to bang, but nobody's smashing. And that's how I feel about this. Like all these four beautiful people are all messed up and all manipulating each other. And ain't nobody getting to have any fun yet. And they've all been celibate way too long. I need, I need them to break some backs. Ryan, does Ava and Liz need their backs broken? <laughs> Why would you throw this to me? You know I'm gonna get in trouble. I. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm just yeah. saying, Liz needs to scratch Nick's back. I need some fun. They can but we're have... not actually going to get to see it because of COVID, so... I, you can't imply a lot. That's all I'm saying. You just have them go off into the bedroom and then wake, walk out, and she's just got scratch marks, and he's just yawning. And she's like... Oh, I did like the way good. they did like, the I, Ava I, Nicholas kiss. Like, the way they yeah. got... That was great. So much better than bold. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> you can have a lot of fun with this triangle. And they've, they've got the history. They've got the talent. All four of them are amazing together. And, like, when Liz was trying to play off Nicholas and being... Oh, that was like, so much fun. Ah, I just... I love it. I love that Franco and Liz are now both trying to manipulate Ava and Nicholas. Yes. Knowing and, that Ava and Nicholas are trying to manipulate them. And I am so glad that Ava found out about Nicholas and Spencer's plan because I was not here for Nicholas guilting Ava into a divorce because then yeah. it was just going to become the crap on Ava show again. And I am not here for that. Maura West is too good to constantly be crapped on. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that. First of all, Nicholas and Ava are, are my favorite dynamic on the show. Agreed. Um, I, you know, Mara West is just a, a powerhouse and everything that she does. And I just love it. The, the thing that's curious for me Nicholas is clearly, like, trying to push Ava and Franco together, but Ava is not into Franco. However, 
Elizabeth, Nicholas is clearly into Liz and Liz has the part of Nicholas that she wishes would return. But Ava's also into Nicholas. So, like, you've got a triangle with Franco on the outside kind of being like, uh, hello. Like, and it's it's weird that they think that, like, Nicholas is, like, Ava has a thing for Franco because she doesn't. Like, she's not even playing it that way. Like, yes, she's happy to have her friend back, but that's it. And, yeah, I just, I, I want them to play up more of the dynamics that we're getting. Like, Ava and Nicholas were kind of like, they were kind of, it looked like they were getting, they were trying to, like, horn each other up in public so they could go back to the to the Windermere and have hate sex, basically. <laughs> but, like, I, I, I need more of that. I need more, like, give, give me more War of the Roses between Nicholas and, and Ava. I love that they are trying to, like, outmaneuver each other with, like, all these manipulations and, and machinations, and it's just not working the way that they want it to. And there's, there's so much potential for the story to play out for a while longer, and I just, I'm excited to see where things go from here. For Me too. Sure. So... You know, before the break, one of the things that I know you were really looking forward to, Tony Ann, was the amazing news that Peter and Maxie are going to be having a child. And now that it's been kind of confirmed by a pregnancy test and blurted out in the nurse's ball in some kooky, kooky way, we get to revel in the gloriousness that is a Paxi baby. And I just needed to know, Tony Ann, how excited and how much are you looking forward to the latest story beats that are revolving around your favorite couple on this show? Okay, first of all, I hate you for taking this to me. Second of all, none of that is even remotely true. And the only thing I am manifesting at this point is a staircase in her very near future. Because I want her to lose this baby. I don't care how awful it sounds. I want this baby to not exist. I want this couple to not exist. I want Peter to die. But I am manifesting at this point a staircase in her future because I also think it would be a very interesting story beat to play to have Maxie lose a baby the way she lied about miscarrying Lucky's baby. Because remember when she tossed herself down the stairs to fake a miscarriage? I think it'd be very interesting to actually have her lose a child in the way that she lied. Well, I feel like the show's moving Peter into the right orbit of not being Anna's child. I feel like we're, we're getting the movement that we needed there, and we're getting the the, the redemption in certain aspects. Nobody needed Peter. redemption. I'm I'm just saying I don't. I don't hate Peter because he fast forwards real quickly on my screen and it's fine. Um, but for me, what I was really hoping is some theories that I saw on Twitter that again, I, I wasn't really here for a Paxi baby either. Mainly cause I just, I don't need any more kids in daytime for most of these couples, but I was really hoping we would see a, an abortion storyline. I was kind of hoping her. for that too. And I would have been fine with not that. Not one that then had what um, we're currently looking at 
uh, 12, 13 years of uh, the whole shaming Lulu for her life choices. Like, I was hoping for some real long-term storyline where we got her just making a decision. and then Did they really shame Lulu? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they basically they, made it seem did. like her ability, her inability to get pregnant. children afterwards. No, because was, isn't it that she was going to lose that child anyway? She just didn't know it. She was never going to well, carry that child to term, and she just didn't know it because she didn't know she had this issue. Right. Well, we later found out that she had a heart-shaped uterus. Um, so, you know, whatever, whether she had the abortion or not, it was going to be, there were going to be complications. But the implication initially was that if I hadn't had this abortion, I wouldn't have had these difficulties getting pregnant. And what they did is they made it clear in the, in the dialogue, in the storyline that your abortion had nothing to do with this. And even Tracy talking to Lulu about her own abortion. Um, So yeah, they they did a good job of acknowledging that because that's something that soaps, unfortunately here tend to do is if a woman makes the decision to have an abortion, then she has pregnancy complications later. That was something- Look at Mimi on days. Right, Mm -hmm. that was something they famously did. And Heather Tom, wrote an op-ed in Soap Opera Digest blasting former writer James Riley for the reckless storytelling of, that he was doing with that. So, yeah. I just, I, I, I could see I, her making that choice. You know, she's got so much going on. She's doing all this. And I'm not saying that this needed to be that story, but it could have been. And I think she, Kristen hasn't been given a story that she's been able to sink her teeth into and really delve into and fight and enjoy like that could have potentially done. And I don't feel like a Paxi baby at this point in time is going to give that drama that, that she needs. Unless she ends up being a high risk pregnancy. And then they tell her that she has to not work so much or something. And she just put her in the bedroom and she'll just no no, no. let me finish let me finish and then she she decides to work anyway and then she ends up losing the baby mm-hmm. poor baby you just really don't want this baby to survive i really don't like no i did not want this baby to exist at all since it does i am manifesting a miscarriage into existence and i know that sounds terrible but that is where i am at this given moment Well, <laughs> I'm going to uh, <laughs> manifest another storyline into this conversation, and let's discuss what I think has been one of the driving factors for Cheech for too long now, and that's Wiley. <laughs> and we had Wiley's court case play out as all sorts of stuff hit the fan, and ultimately... Michael Corinthos got custody. Nell lost her mind, kidnapped the baby, and then fell off of a cliff. Only to have Carly and Jax now covering it all up because they felt like that was the right thing to do. And just a whole lot of shenaniganery going on there. Um, Sasha's over here doing her blow. Chase is over here wishing he could get blown. 
there's just there's a, a lot, lot to dissect here and I just I don't really know where to start. Ryan, what what where where should we start with this story? So I, I'm 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 ready for for Wiley to, to I'm really ready to take a break from Wiley, but this is I mean it's it's in typical GH fashion. I mean Michael ate the canvas from the time that he was a baby. Oh my god, he did. Now. So and he's I'm still eating surprised. the canvas, so it hasn't really yeah. stopped. So I'm not really surprised that, you know, that another generation is is doing the same thing. Uh it, it's it's exhausting, but I I think I think now that Nell is, you know, presumed dead and uh Michael's gotten his baby, I'm thinking that maybe we can get a break from all things Wiley for a bit. Do you think that Michael and Willow are going to stay married? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm okay with it. Because she's going to die. It happens. You think? (laughs) Yeah, it happens. Well, I mean, that is true. He does have the dick of death. (laughs) Can we just so, say, y'all are being mean to my Michael, but one, since COVID, he's come back and he's actually acted some more times than some other people that are our faves on other shows. And he looks good with that longer hair. He does. He's got a very he's like trying. Clark Kent kind of S thing going on. And I'm here for it. And I really like him and Willow together. I I I think it's an interesting take. And her sparkly vajayjay might be what <laughs> saves the dick of death. It might be the kryptonite for it. So, like, I'm going to draw a parallel, and you're going to have to squint to see it. But it, I was reminded of it in today's episode when they were, like, talking about their issues and, like, how Willow wishes that she would have went with Michael and all this other stuff. It reminded me a lot of AJ and Carly's marriage, except... For the right reasons. Oh, I could see that. I could and actually see that. I just loved it. And I was like, this is such a different take on the people who are married who end up falling for each other. Because usually it's your enemies. You don't really get along. You get married for the sake of convenience. And then later you kind of fall for each other. Whereas here, these are two people who are in love with other people who came together, not literally yet. Um, for the sake of their child to give them a better life and then they fall for each other and it was today that I really kind of was like you know what I really like these two together and I'm I'm okay with it I'm okay with it I think she makes all the Corinthi palatable she does and I do think like I've said, with my my biggest problem with a lot of these characters on U.S. Daytime is they are very one storyline based. I would like to see Willow fleshed out to have more to do than just be Wally's mom. Um, but it's I'm so just invested in that the potential for that couple. And then also on the other side, like having the chase and Willow ask I'm chasing Sasha aspect of it and i wish they'd fleshed out the quad element instead of focusing on the evil nell perspective yeah um 
but they've got the pieces of the puzzle there to then now that Nell's quote unquote gone to start playing those out. I don't like that they took Nell so over the top. Um, at the end, I when get has it. She, when has she ever not been over the top? I know, but like I want, want help. I mean, you time. want your you want your blonde to stay on the show. We know. Yes, <laughs> and they wrote her into a corner and then flung her off a cliff. I mean, but the like it, it she's was the come back. She's she basically been painted into since they made her crazy. I mean, the only good thing is that when she comes back, is they can't prove that she kidnapped that baby. So right, charges and, she can't, can't and they stick. can't prove that I she mean, stabbed Brooklyn. Yep, they yes. can't prove nothing. Well, it's okay, all yes, hearsay. Uh, well, Brooklyn remembers. No, Allegedly, no. Yeah, but it's her word against exactly. No. I I I wasn't there. And also, isn't there the GPS? Even though she destroyed the GPS tracker. Just because I was there doesn't mean I took no baby. Michael just plopped that baby down trying to frame me. This right, and that was an illegal plan. access. That was an illegal access of her of her phone anyway. Yep. So, mm. like, she has she has a legal out. She has a legal out for everything. You can't prove she stabbed Brooklyn. Yep. Michael illegally accessed her phone. The police voluntarily gave him her phone, which is a which is a violation of all types of protocol. He didn't let the police know where he was going, so there was no way to really document anything that happened. Only person he told was Carly. Right, and then she killed now. <laughs> so, I mean, not really, but that's the narrative Nell could tell. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't want. I would, I want them to leave Michael and Willow alone. I don't want them to go back to Willow and Chase and and Michael and Sasha. I would much rather Chase move on, and Sasha. Mm-hmm. I mean, she could do whatever. Uh, the bridge is back, so there's no reason for Sasha. Well, I, um, I do feel like because Michael and, and Willow believe that Chase and Sasha cheated on them, that they they might be more inclined to stay in this marriage rather than deal with the pain of, you know, the people that they love cheating on them. I mean, granted, it didn't actually happen, but they don't know that. Yeah, I mean, Chase is, re- Chase is almost ready to come clean about it anyway. And with with Janelle, as he calls her, because nobody he's the only one who doesn't refer to her as Mel. Um, with Janelle gone, I think he'll come clean, thinking that it'll change things, but it's not going to. I think it's too late. It's just Should it's I... going to be interesting to see this play out, and I just hope that this continues to get more story and airtime because there's a lot of fun that they can do from here on out do we care about sasha being on drugs no no <laughs> okay because i don't either and to be honest if she od'd i'd be fine listen coke this is not that show for that i'm, I'm gonna withdraw all that back i will say that there needs to be a casualty from cyrus's drug operation and i think what will happen is He'll end up lacing his drugs with something mm-hmm. that'll start having a negative effect on people in town, and Sasha will be one of the casualties as a result of that. Yep. I'd be fine with that. So, yeah, that, that's how I think that's going to go. It's just, I don't know. It's she and this drug storyline ha- 
I don't feel like this is the show to play it out on, you know, like they, they're not, uh, I think this is just going to be a little thing that happens and then we move on. Because even when they've done drug addiction stories in the past, it's never been cocaine, right? Emily was addicted to heroin, wasn't she? Wait, Emily was... Wait, what? What was the drug that Emily was on? Wasn't she on pain meds? Was it pain meds or was it something... I thought it was an injectable (laughs) drug. I don't know. I can't remember. (laughs) I might be... I'm I'm sitting here thinking about Emily freebasing. Like, what the hell? (laughs) Was it... Because I feel like it was more than pain... I know Alan was on pain... uh, Was addicted to painkillers. I know that... Lucky was, but I felt like like Emily was something else. That the I don't remember. Doctor Dorman got her hooked on something, and I can't remember what it was. Um, I just you know what? If you can't remember, that surprises everybody. But if somebody in the the comments wants to let us know, was Emily smacking the smack? She was on drugs. Then... I don't remember. That's what drug it was, but she was on drugs at some point. <laughs> it's... I'm just sitting here going like, wait, she was on the hell? Wait, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It's, it's gonna be a story. So, I think that pretty much wraps up everything we have going on. Was there any other GH story or thoughts you guys had before we wrap it on up? No. No. Well, I I do want to say one thing because uh, we didn't really touch on Brooklyn's stabbing. Wally Kurth did amazing work. Oh, Wally's yeah. done amazing. And let's also I forgot completely about that just because there's so much for us to discuss. But I really like Tim Brooklyn. Me too. Like I'm upset that not I love Amanda Seton and I want her back, but I need this girl to also get a job somewhere. You know, she reminds me so much of Florencia Lozano, like mm-hmm. visually. Oh yes, it, it, like it, it literally like it, it takes me out of the scene sometimes. Sometimes, um, but no, she's again, uh, she's doing a really great job as a temporary recast. Um, just phenomenal work, and and Wally Kurth is really really going for that Emmy nomination next year and he and, and if he gets one he deserves it. He he really does. Ned is Ned and Olivia are are really, really great characters right now. And they weren't bef- I, I feel like the COVID break did did wonders for them because they weren't really in they weren't really in this good of a place before the break. They were just kind of there. And then all of a sudden we came back from the COVID break and there was this conflict between them. And then it's just kind of dovetailed into this awesome story for them. And it's great. Yep. 100%. So let's rate the week or honestly, let's rate the show since it's come back from COVID. That way we get a little bit more accurate number here. So on a scale of one to ten, one being the worst bold and the beautiful mess <laughs> you've ever seen, to ten being uh, the most iconic, talked about, 
standing in the rain and catching the bouquet, whole nine yards. What do you guys give General Hospital since it has been back from COVID hiatus? Tony Ann, I'm going to go to you first. I'll give it a solid six. Um, I like that we're moving our stories along where we were stagnant before. And I think where we're going could be very interesting. So I'm going to give it a solid six. All right, Ryan. What do you I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a solid seven. Um, echoing Tony and sentiments. I think that there's a lot of things that they are doing, right? Stories are getting a lot of um, forward movement. Um, there are pieces in place for there to be great um, follow-ups. And I think the true test will be where we are a month from now. Fair, fair point. Um, for me, it's also going to be a seven. I, What I'm enjoying, I'm really enjoying. I think there's still a lot that I need done to really go there. And I'm ready to see where the truly post-COVID scripts come in. You know, not the stuff that we're retooling, not the stuff that we're having to make work, but where honestly the real unique new stories come that these writers were inspired during their time off, whether it involves COVID or not COVID, but where there that goes. So your month from now, I think, is a really good time frame to be judging the show on and seeing where we're at because we've got all these things percolating and coming up with the bridges return with Dante's return with, you know, all of this stuff being there for them to pick up on. I'm really interested to see where things go. Um, it's it's not perfect, but it's got a lot of hope. I do think, for me, General Hospital is the best U.S. soap that's aired since COVID. You know, with the three, I'm not, not counting Days, because Days hasn't shown any new COVID material. But the other two shows i think gh has come back the strongest of that creatively and the fact that we don't have and i was really worried about it a lot of flashbacks oh thank the lord the episodes and text in the show I, I was really worried that that's what we were going to get here and that's that's not been a problem at all they and just I'm did the really previously on when we first came back show. and that was it and i would have been fine if that stayed to Me be too. honest with you um it, it was something to, to help the show out, and I liked it. Um, so creatively, I and from an actor standpoint, I'm really a fan. And I, I'm excited to see where the show goes from here. It's definitely in a much better position than it was even last year. And I'm excited to, to go from here. Well said, buddy. So with that said, please... Use the hashtag RTAGGH when discussing this episode. And so we can find your tweets and read them on future episodes. You can find Ryan at Source Ryan, Tony Anza, XO, Tony Roni, XO. I'm at SoapWiki John. The podcast is at RTAG Media at RTAGMedia.com. You're able to find us on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever podcasts are posted. So you can listen along. Please rate us on there. The more people that highly rate us, the more likely others are to find us, and we're able to continue the discussion. With GH being back, my hope is that we will be back on a more regular basis here discussing the show and 
that is all due to your listener feedback. So get in there, show us some love, and we will continue to show you a show. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you to Ryan and Tony Ann for jumping on tonight. We miss Tina and Karen, our wonderful wubs, who were not able to make it tonight, but they will be back for future installments as well as, you know, potentially some other new co-hosts. So until next time, as always, bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.